Good morning and welcome to DMN 101 Podcast. I'm your host, Marjorie Remind Sanabria, and I'm here with Jenner Wienerman, the head of marketing and updater. Jenner Wienerman has an incredibly impressive career being inducted into DMN's Hall of Fame and 40 Under 40 the same year last year. Um, she's going to be here with us talking about lessons she's learned in her short but very effective career, uh, mentors, and everything else she has learned along the way. Jenna, thanks so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me. This is exciting. It is exciting. Um, I'm really most interested in how you've accomplished so much in a very, very short time. Um, we've talked briefly before in passing, or I think uh, you maybe graduated within a year or two that I did from college and you've just blazed your own trail in marketing in this incredibly interesting and niche sort of space. So let's go ahead and kick off with you telling me about your trajectory, where you started and how you got to where you are now. Great. Um, it's interesting. Yeah, I feel like it was, It hasn't been a short career. It's almost like dog years, you know, when you're in New York City marketing. Um, but I graduated college in 2008, so it's been 11 years. And I feel like in that time, I, I've, I have accomplished a lot. I've done a lot for some pretty incredible companies. Um, but right out of college, right out of the gate, if you're interested in the path that I took, um, I actually had a lot of really interesting internships in college that kind of shaped my trajectory for the future. Um, interestingly enough, when I was a kid, I wanted to be an architect. And I thought about going to school for architecture, and I applied to architecture colleges. And then I realized as I was working on those applications that I would probably hate sitting under a dark light, you know, using protractors and drawing things and sort of working in a silo alone uh, on my drawings, my numbers, and things like that, and realized that I was actually more of a natural salesperson. I was always hawking things that I loved, you know, people would be like, oh, your hair looks great today, and what shampoo do you use? And I'd be so excited to tell people something as simple as my shampoo. So I knew that there was a different career path for me, and I had some really wonderful folks in my life who helped shape that for me and helped me work through that when I was applying to schools. So anyway, I went to school, I went to American University for marketing, and I had a, a few really interesting internships while I was there. Um, I worked for a few hotels and casinos, which was really interesting. I worked for a global PR firm that was a female-led PR firm that grew from you know, two people based in Washington, D.C. to a huge firm. It was absolutely incredible. I worked for a promotional staffing company where I learned how to continue to sell. So you know when you're at a football game or at an event and someone's handing you either you know, an energy drink or trying to sell you a credit card or something like that? In college, those were actually really good jobs where you not only got to interact with a lot of people and do something fun, um, but it, you became I became very good at selling and ultimately recruiting other people to do the same. So our company really took off at that point, and a lot of it had to do with hiring really strong sales and marketing kids, like right in school. So it was a very interest, a different job, uh, definitely interesting, but still within the marketing field. Um, I also worked for the Office of Development for my university, trying to engage alumni to give back to the school, to participate in events, to host mock interviews with students, things like that. So it was a lot of marketing things that I was really passionate about, whether it be, you know, at a football game or, you know, um, a, a casino, hotels and casinos are really exciting. You're marketing nightlife and you're marketing your university where you are, that you take a lot of pride in and thanking the alumni for participating. So my college career really shaped the fact that 
I wasn't sure if I was going to love marketing and my internship solidified the fact that I did. So a huge piece of advice, take the, inter take the internships. I know it's a lot easier sometimes to waitress in college or do something like that, but definitely take the internships and try something that you don't think is uh, necessarily where you were intending to go. Um, because it could pay off tenfold. And those actually shaped my career. So once I graduated from college, I landed at a company here in New York called Chelsea Piers. Um, I don't know if you're familiar. I do know Chelsea Piers. I used to go to quite a few birthday parties there as a kid. <laughs> awesome. So you must be from New York. I am. Okay, great. So you're familiar with the birthday parties. Um, I actually saw the job description, and it said coordinating things like children's birthday parties and marketing things like ice skating and golf. And I was very confused. I was not from New York originally. Mm -hmm. And so the job description seemed like a fun sports and entertainment marketing role. And again, I was like, mm, maybe this isn't for me. Maybe it is for me. I knew I love sports and I wanted to continue to pursue it. But I was really thinking like, maybe I should work for the Yankees or for the Giants or for one of the teams. But my career in sports actually kicked off at, at Chelsea Piers. It was amazing. Um, and I sort of rose through the ranks there. I started as a junior marketing and PR assistant, ended up as a coordinator and then a manager. And at the time, social this was you know, 2008, 2009, social media for businesses was still really scary, unchartered territory. Right. And the owners of the, of the company were skeptical. Right. As, as most companies and most founders of businesses were like, why put all of our business on the Internet if we don't have to? Right. So me as like the young eager beaver coming into the company, I was like, we have to do this. There's a huge audience. There's huge potential. So, um, you know, things like social media were brand new. Groupon had just launched and Groupon was something that was really exciting for a lot of companies to be able to sell to a large audience um, at a discount. And a lot of people couldn't understand why should we do that? Um, but anyway, so I led, I raised my hand for a lot of really tough projects and led a lot of um, sort of the, the big stuff that could really move the needle for the company um, and as a really young person. And therefore, I was able to like move through the ranks at the company. Um, I learned to work cross-functionally across a lot of different departments. And as I grew there, I became extremely specialized in one of the sports venues over others. And I was working on the gym, their fitness center. Um, working on all facets of the fitness center by the time that I left the company. So it was an incredible experience. Um, from there, I continued on in sports. Uh, from there, I moved into tech and um, uh, moved into tech where I was super passionate and that's where I am today. So long story short, went from sports, joined a startup. I, I love the sports industry, but ended up realizing that there was a ton of potential in the startup world as startups were just starting to take off and VC rounds were starting to kick in. That was really exciting to me. And I found uh, you know, one or two companies that I felt could really use incredible marketing or a, the Jenna effect, if you will. And I joined those companies and here I am today at Updater. Awesome. So it, it sounds like you really were able to really experiment and take charge and try on a bunch of different things that you like for size while building the skill set, which is incredible. Like not a lot of young people can do that, frankly. Right. Absolutely. Take the opportunities. So let's talk about your experience with Updater, which is mm -hmm. a little bit of a different experience from Chelsea Peers and yeah. working for university relations. Mm -hmm. Not to say that those are important, but this is a little of bit course. of a different uh, path. 12 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you come across Updater and what ignited something in you that said, 
I have to do this. I have to jump on board. Yeah. So Updater is an incredible business. We help people move. So we build software that makes the process of moving from one home to another easier. You can think of it kind of like a TurboTax for moving, where we streamline the very complicated process of doing this on your own and figuring it all out on your own. And we basically do it for you and walk you through it. So I felt that the moving process was extremely uh, stressful. It's really highly emotional. People move for a lot of different reasons. You could be moving for marriage or you could be moving for divorce or you gained a job or you lost a job or you're having a baby, right? There's a million one reasons why people move, but it's often stressful. It's extremely uh, discombobulated and there's a lot of different, pun intended, there's a lot of moving parts, right? So you have to do a lot of things. You have to book your moving company and buy boxes, transfer your cable, transfer your internet, set up your home security system, update all of your insurance policies or transfer them or shop for new ones. There's a million and one things you need to do. So the opportunity really was an incredible one. I was really excited about tackling it. And the business model was extremely unique in that, um, in that I, think, I think that the business model is actually what attracted me to the business as a whole. And that what really stood out to me about Updater was that our model was marketing something that is really hated and it's really unsexy, it's moving. And this product needed a little bit of creative flair and needed to be, the story needed to be told. And my role here is kind of the chief storyteller, right? As head of marketing, that's what I'm responsible for is making sure that we get that message out. And what's interesting is we do it in three different, you can consider it three different marketing departments. We have a B2C marketing team, We actually have one team that does all of this, which is a whole separate podcast, a separate episode, but we have B2C marketing that we do to market to people like you who are moving to make sure that when you're invited to update or you know that this is something that can help you with your move. But we also have two different B2B teams here. We have the B2B team that works with other people who help people move. So real estate agents and property management companies, apartment communities, student housing facilities, you know, uh, mortgage lenders, anyone who touches the moving process can and should be involved in our company. So that's one B2B marketing sort of initiative that we tackle here. And the second would be, obviously, we can't help people move unless we have access to all the service providers that you need for your move. So for example, if you're moving from, you know, uptown to downtown, you're going to have to transfer your cable and your internet and your insurance and things like that. In order for you to be able to do those things through Updater, we need to be in touch with those service providers, your your Comcast, your Verizons, your things like that in the world. So we have two different B2B models where we actually need to work with both the real estate companies as well as the um, as well as the service providers, and then obviously through the consumer's eyes. So the marketing opportunity here was really, really exciting. So can you tell me a little bit more in detail what Updater does? Is it an app? Is it like a platform? Like what is the actual thing? (laughs) It's a little bit of both. So the way that you can think about it is we have a web app, means like completely mobile accessible. And the way it works is when you are moving, you'll be invited into the platform by the person who's helping you move. That could be your realtor, your apartment community, et cetera. And the app itself is co-branded for Updater and that party. So if you're moving into an apartment here in New York and you need, um, there's specialty items that you need to deal with for that apartment. 
meaning like they have a specific renter's insurance provider that they want you to sign up with, that will be fully integrated to Updater. So consider it like this. Every move is a snowflake, right? Snowflakes are unique. Every move is unique. Even if you're moving just down the hall or you're moving from New York to California across the country, your move is going to be unique and we're a completely curated technology platform that is personalized for your unique move. So we know what you need, right? A lot of people, when it comes to moving, they ask the questions, what do I need to do to get ready for this move? And when do I need to do it? We answer both of those questions. We tell you exactly what you're gonna need and um, how to tackle it. So within this context, that's mm -hmm. incredibly complex and moving is moving, as you pointed out. Can you talk about a campaign that you are proud of because you described your role as chief storyteller, which I think is 100% accurate, and I think marketers sometimes lose a lot of sight as to what a marketer actually does. Sometimes you can kind of get lost in the weeds of an email marketing campaign or targets or segmenting, but they lose sight of the really big picture of telling a story that's compelling and that incentivizes people to consume your products. So can you talk about an instance um, where you did that for Updater and that had a significant impact? Yeah, um, there are a handful of very particular campaigns or initiatives that I could allude to, but I think the one that's probably most interesting is the fact that um, what we've been doing for a long time is kind of flying under the radar. And I think that that's really interesting from a, for a marketing podcast, perhaps, because most marketers don't do that. And the reason we've been flying under the radar and a lot of people are not familiar with us is because our product is invite only. So I just want to flip this on its head for a second is we, there are 45 million people who move every year. That's a huge audience for us. However, we only tackle a couple million of them. Why? We're invite only. We actually do not allow people who are moving to just come to our website and use our app for free, for paid, for anything. You can't get access to it. It's a little exclusive, if you will. And what was really interesting was how, how and why we made that decision and why we went down that path. It's, it's counterintuitive to most marketers. And for me, it was a really tough thing to overcome at first. So basically what was happening was we were open to the public meaning you could just come to our website and use our tools if you were moving. And we received a lot of we received a lot of feedback in those first early years, but the most critical piece of feedback that we received was a common complaint of, "Man, I really love Updater, but I wish I had access to you guys a year ago." Sorry, not a year ago. Um a week ago or 2 weeks ago. We were missing the timing mark. Timing was so crucial in our campaign to get users into our platform. Because when you're moving, your move life cycle is a timely occurrence, right? It only takes place for maybe the month or so before your move. So if people weren't hearing about us early on in their move, they wouldn't know to come to us and they were coming to us too late. So we had this major inherent timing flaw in what we were doing and we said, wow, if we as marketers to movers are are experiencing this, then other marketers to movers must be experiencing this also. For example, cable companies or companies that are retailers that are selling products to people who are moving, service providers, insurance companies, home improvement stores, right? All of these types of businesses were also missing the mark because there was no way to target people who were moving. We couldn't even find them ourselves. So what we did was we actually paused what we were doing and we said, let's actually try to pivot 
and move in a B2B direction here. So what we did was we built a B2B2C model and that's where the real estate agents come in. We said to ourselves, hey, who knows who's moving earlier than we do that we can partner with? And it could have been real estate agents, it could have been apartment communities who they're approving people for leases, it's moving companies and mortgage lenders and student housing and universities and relocation management companies. There's a handful of these businesses out there and we said, let's partner with them. Now, at that point, the easier way to do this, the easy way to do this, the easy road, if you will, would have been great. Let's tell these businesses that, um, hey, you can refer people to updater.com. Easy, right? Maybe we give them a little kickback, something like that. That wasn't going to work. We needed something more tangible, more that had a stronger value prop. So what we did was we built what we call our integrations and invitation platform. We actually integrated with a handful of technologies in all of those industries. So the tech that realtors and property managers use on a regular basis, we integrated with all the technology so that upon someone closing on a home or upon someone actually um, up being approved for a lease at an apartment, you automatically get invited. It's branded for the person who invited you. It's customized for your move and it becomes part of their selling proposition. So this switch from B to C to B to B to C was a huge one for us. We actually shut down the platform. So as a marketer, one day you're open and you're featured in Mashable and the New York Times and all these incredible PR stories that we had. And then the next day we're closed. What do you do at that point? And that was really scary for me as a, as a marketer, where all of a sudden you, anyone can come to your platform and use it. And then all of a sudden one day that is, that is no longer the case and you must be invited. So what we tried to do was A, build a lot of buzz around that exclusivity and B, um, you use that B2B2C platform to work for us. The other businesses that we were working with were the ones that were doing the promotion of Updater. And then because the average consumer couldn't get to our platform anymore, we had to rely on other methods besides the standard B2C traditional marketing methods of you know, running outdoor campaigns or Facebook or Instagram ads or whatever may be popular you know, six years ago plus today at the time. So while it, in my opinion, to go back to your original question, I wouldn't say that there was one particular campaign that I was most proud of that led to an impact, but that pivot, that switch, that light bulb that went off in our head that changed our business. And it made us completely, you know, impervious to things that our investors were curious about. It made us extremely successful. And through that integration and invitation platform and that exclusivity, we've actually been able to amass about 25% market share. So of all people in this country who are moving at this point in time, 25% of them are flowing through Updater. And we wouldn't have been able to do it otherwise. Or if we did, it would have cost us a lot of money. Fantastic. So as we wrap up this episode, um, I'd just like you to maybe leave some advice, you know, obviously for everyone, but particularly for, you know, young female people in marketing or sales who want to break into the industry, maybe not be sure what their next step is and, and want to get to the next one in the ladder. What would you leave with them? The young ends, all the things that I wish someone had told me in, in my career. Um, my biggest piece of advice. I have a lot of advice and a lot of thoughts on this because I was sort of self-taught and I didn't really have a lot of mentors in my life. Um, and my family didn't really necessarily come from this type of background where they were able to give me a lot of advice in navigating businesses and the workplace, etc. So my opinion on this is that there's really no substitute for hard work. 
um, you really need to go out there and create your own opportunities because no one's going to hand them to you. And I feel like I practice that a lot in my own career. Um, you know, like I mentioned before, raising your hand for the really big projects and, you know, being the person that is not afraid to lean into those projects. So lean into the ones that are tough. If you have a weakness or if someone shares some feedback with you, um, obviously feedback is both can be both positive and negative, but for the constructive feedback that you receive that may feel negative at first, don't like just soak on it for 24 hours. You know what I mean? When you receive that feedback, listen to it, hear it, make sure you fully understand it and then lean into it and say, okay, someone took the time to provide me this incredible feedback. How can I actually turn this into something that is, that is meaningful? Um, so you asked about, you mentioned female advice. Um, I've actually had a lot of some challenges in my career with female and female bullying in the workplace, if you will, which is really interesting. This is something that a lot of females deal with and it's extremely unfortunate. I don't really fully understand, you know, where it comes from, but there can be extremely aggressive females or even passive aggressive females. But a lot of it I think comes from the pressure to perform or competitive threats or here and there, but really like my biggest piece of advice for females in the workplace would be to overcome this and be better than this. It's not it's not right and it's not fair and you need to build a sisterhood and really build each other up instead of knocking each other down. So if you experience this in your workplace, like things that you can do is like obviously be humble together, support each other's wins, show togetherness. Um, I'm actually a part of an incredible women's group called Women in America. Um, look it up. It's awesome. It's an invitation-only women's group where the uh, mentors are actually women who are extremely accomplished in their careers. And women my age in their mid-30s and 40s are actually the mentees. So you might be considering me accomplished in my career, but I'm actually the mentee in this situation. So look for groups like that. Um, and keep in mind that... I know this is going to sound really crazy, but money solves everything. If you generate revenue for your company, all will fall into place. Um, you know, if you don't have revenue, you don't have a business. So keep in mind that everything that you should be focused on is how you can drive more revenue for your business and how, you know, in female instance, how you can show togetherness and support each other in those cases. Because if you're driving revenue, you're driving the business, there's going to be no question about your value to the company. Um, and if other people are threatened by that in any way, that's their problem. That's on them. All right. I think that's a great place to leave it. Jenna, thanks so much for joining me for this episode on 101 at DMN. I'm your host, Marjorie Reminds Sanabria. Until next time.